From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, June 23rd. Yeah, so there's a lot going on here. Um, I'm standing in the old Spanish trail arena, near the bleachers that look over that circular dirt space. During other times, this track has served as a rodeo, a gem and mineral show, and car expo. It's now filled with canvas tents, with different labels like finance and situation. And then the situation tent over here is where all of our mapping takes place. That's where all the GIS specialists do their magic and help us with the, uh, you know, the mapping for the firefighters on the ground. Nick Howell, and, uh, fire information officer with the Great Basin Type 2 Incident Management Team Number 4. This mouthful refers to the team number and type of incident they are qualified to respond to. A Type 2 fire is a major blaze that requires lots of resources and a base camp like this one. It's second only to Type 1 incidents. The Pat Creek Fire was almost immediately classified as Type 2, around the time the incident commander on the scene watched cottonwood trees explode in flame and the fire move fast up a riparian area. This Great Basin Team 4 popped up this mini-city at the arena two days later and got to work. Yeah, so here, here's kind of an overview outside here. Um, Stepping outside, I see more activity, from food trucks to hand-washing stations to a trailer filled with copiers. And then, of course, the supply tent. So they've got a lot of different things, all the way from, you know, fire shelters, head lanterns, batteries, uh, pretty much everything you would need on the line to be self-sufficient while you're fighting a fire. Okay. How's it going? going to pop in and take a look, if you guys don't mind. So we have a couple of camp crews here that... Or, man, they're really hardworking kids. They come in and basically, you know, help us keep camp organized, keep everything clean. Got our batteries for radios and drinking water. That's what's in these square boxes. It's basically just, you know, five gallons of water that they can carry on the fire line. Sometimes we drop those off with a helicopter, so the hand crews have drink, enough drinking water every day, especially if they're not coming back to camp every night. These operations on the Pat Creek Fire are split between the crew at the arena and those on the mountain. At its largest, the team had nearly 600 personnel working the fire. The crew numbers are decreasing this week as the Great Basin team prepares to hand over the reins to the local unit, leaving the Manti LaSalle National Forest back in charge. Yeah, that's good news. Things are winding down. They're quite a bit less exciting, which is great for us Mm -hmm. because I'm sure there's going to be no shortage of fire activity this year. So we're excited to get this fire locked up and be in a situation that we can support other incidents. The Pat Creek Fire is now 66% contained and holding steady at roughly 9,000 acres in size. Although dry lightning is still a possibility, the weather today will likely bring some moisture as well as increased cloud cover, which could help fire crews. You know, looking at a fire that's almost 9,000 acres in heavy timber to have that taken care of, you know, and get it to the point where we can turn it over to the local unit, that's a huge success in that fuel type. So, um, you know, we still have a lot of work to do over the next couple of days, but I think we're in a good spot if, if everything goes well. With the weather and um, all of our current tactics, we should be in a really good position to to turn it back over. When the Great Basin team turns the fire over to the local unit, they want it to be a smooth transition. They'll leave resources like hand crews and engines. So far, the Pat Creek fire response has cost $8.3 million. 
Like Hal said, it seems like everyone involved in fire mitigation expects a big season this year in the West. There are many more millions of dollars to go. We're concerned about the season to come. Pack Creek Incident Commander Tim Rohde. I find him working at a temporary desk inside the arena, one that looks over all the different canvas tents. The conditions westwide are really unprecedented over the the area that the drought covers and uh, just some indicators early season in the southwest and here in southern Utah, the fuel conditions. Um, it's very concerning because uh, typically, as especially if a monsoon comes, like it, they called it the non-soon last year, but if, if we get the monsoon, certain geographics come out of fire season as other geographic areas are coming in, but there is potential this year that the majority of the West could be in an active fire season at the same time, which we just don't have the resources nationally to deal with that scale of fire. So there's definitely concern. That's why this team and others have stressed the importance of humans being really mindful of the fire risks associated with certain activities. They know it's going to be tough this year, just dealing with lightning-caused fires, let alone human-caused fires like what happened in Pack Creek. There has been some good news on the Pack Creek fire, however. Although four homes and seven outbuildings were destroyed in the blaze, the Great Basin team says things could have been a lot worse. They report regular fuel treatments in the Pack Creek area likely saved thousands of acres from being added to the fire at lower elevations. A story map of their report is now available online, complete with maps, photos, and video. Here's Rudy on current operations. Um, we've, we've kind of narrowed our focus to primarily up on Haystack Mountain and Geyser Summit, and that'll uh, remain the focus for likely weeks to come just due to the fuels and the topography up there. But we're, uh, by the time the team departs, we'll have reduced the, the risk considerably, and then the, the host units, primarily the Manalai South Forest, will um, take command on Friday. and. Uh, keep an eye on things and act as necessary moving forward. Although the Great Basin Type 2 Team 4 will be moving on this week, team members said they've had a good experience here. Rody says they've felt nothing but support from the greater Moab community. Uh, you know, the team, the host agencies, and the community have been fantastic to work with. And the community, the local support has been uh, overwhelming, and we're very appreciative of that. Find that story map on the fuel treatments and more information on the Pat Creek Fire in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. Two new bills were introduced in Congress Tuesday to address orphan gas wells that dot land across the country. The Mountain West News Bureau's Robin Vincent says they may have a better chance than previous bills. Colorado Senator Michael Bennett sponsored two similar bills last year. The goal is to clean up thousands of abandoned oil and gas wells that threaten the health of people and the environment, and to ensure oil and gas companies are paying their share. This time, his bills have high-level support. President Biden is proposing billions to plug orphan gas wells and clean up abandoned mines in the American Jobs Plan. Aaron Weiss is with the Center for Western Priorities. He says the bills would be a milestone achievement. In terms of moving America forward, fixing an oil and gas leasing system that has not been significantly changed in 100 years. 
Similar legislation is making its way through Congress, but Weiss says Bennett's bills are the most comprehensive. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Robin Vinson. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, June 23rd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.